Good morning, everyone. We're going to go ahead and just get started here. <laughs> Hope everyone's doing okay. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Good to see everyone. Got some family news, and then we'll jump into class. So there will be a baby shower for Jillian and David Bratton this afternoon from 1 to 3 in the gathering room, so just downstairs by the coffee bar. Uh, they have registries at both Target and Baby List. The OC Men's Ministry Game Night is this Friday, December 1st at 7 p.m. in the OC Brentwood Gathering Room. And David, correct me if I'm wrong, but sometimes you meet for dinner beforehand or pick up dinner before well, game night? that's unofficial. Okay, unofficial invite to pick up dinner with David. <laughs> um, Coco and Carol's is next Sunday, December 3rd, 6 p.m. at OC West End. So 6 p.m. OC West End. Uh, next Sunday for Coco and Carol's. It'll be fun. What time is that? 6 p.m. OC West End. Okay, we're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll get started. Thank you, God, for bringing us back together today and this morning. And uh, I just pray that everyone had a good and safe Thanksgiving and was able to spend time with loved ones, and if not, we hope that they were able to find some sort of comfort or comfort in you during this time. I know it's not easy for everyone uh, during the holiday seasons. So we ask that you be with those who are in need, who are grieving, who are mourning. We ask that you just watch over them and help us help them as well, or just be there for them during this time. And we ask that you be with us in class today. You guide us and bless it. And we thank you for your son. In his name we pray. Amen. Okay, this morning we have Holly Metzkis. Did I pronounce that right? Yep. Okay, good. Who is going to be leading our class. And uh, again, it's always a participatory activity, so feel free to jump in, ask questions for Holly. And um, go ahead and get started. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself first? Um, hi, I'm Holly. I, I grew up here in uh, Nashville, in Nolensville more specifically. Um, I went to Freed and Lipscomb, um, Freed for my bachelor's and Lipscomb for my master's uh, in education. And now I'm an art teacher um, at Brentwood High School, kind of right down the road. Um, that's why if, if you look at the notes I made, I gave you a coloring <laughs> coloring section if you're a doodler, a colorer. Color um, so a uh, little bit of, in the last few couple years, um, I've really been into um, kind of relearning what the Bible says about women and how in its whole attitude towards women. And, and so when I'm thinking of the uh, books of wisdom, um, the part of it that stood out to me is like kind of the first nine chapters of Proverbs. Um, where they talk about lady wisdom and where they, they kind of personify the idea of wisdom as um, this uh, all-knowing woman like, and that you're supposed to strive for, that women are supposed to strive for. Um, so the English... Dictionary actually defines wisdom as the capacity of judging rightly in matters relating to life and conduct. Um, but here, wisdom is more, it's more than knowledge. It's, it's kind of a prerequisite for a successful life. It's, it's um, something to strive for to help you in life. It's not just a 
this is right and this is wrong, or this is the yes or no. It's not a yes or no answer. Um, and I think it's really interesting that the association of divine wisdom is with the feminine um, and not the masculine, um, where it's, it's, that's kind of a, a bit unusual in, in the Bible. Um, so yeah, that's where we're, we're getting started. Do y'all have any comments so far? So I guess my initial question would be why, what brought you like primarily to, to this topic or these chapters in Proverbs? Um, I've looked at the books, the books of wisdom. I just feel like, um, you, you relate to to (coughs) different parts of it or you're intrigued by different parts. And this is just one that I was intrigued with. Um, I wanted to do something kind of different too, just because I feel like we've all talked about David a lot and (laughs) stuff like that. So, right. Um, Or Solomon, like the famous chapter, and when he has to decide right between the two children and the mothers, it's another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit about David too, in just a little bit. so Proverbs was actually written to teach uh, young male students how to function in society. Um, the Proverbs are like truths inspired and rooted in Hebrew faith, um, and they, they're supposed to provide practical guidance for right living. Um, and it's kind of ironic that as a whole, Proverbs is united by this recurrent female energy, um, imagery, and the personification of God's wisdom as a woman. Um, Personification is um, just because I'm a teacher. I have to like define everything. Um, <laughs> personification is a literary device that's uh, used to personalize an impersonal concept. Um, so a personification is capable of expressing this whole spectrum of meanings. Um, and the woman in, Pro- in Proverbs personifies God's kind of creative counsel and purpose, as well as God's presence um, and active involvement in the world. Um, she personifies the gift of wisdom given to humanity by God for guidance. Um, and she's kind of enabling us to obey his commands and respond to his calling. Um, and so if you look at your handout that I gave you, um, did everybody get a handout? Do we need one back there? I get mine. Okay. Um, so Proverbs three fifteen through 18. Um, you want to turn there with me? That is our first mention of, um, quote, like, lady wisdom. Um, it says wisdom is, and wisdom is capitalized. That's how we know it's, it's specifically lady wisdom. Um, wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honor in her left. She'll guide you down delightful paths. All her ways are satisfying. Uh, wisdom is a tree to life, tree of life to those who embrace her, and happy are those who hold her tightly. Um, that's the first mention of her that I that I found in Proverbs. Um, and then if you continue to Proverbs four six through nine. <laughs> It says, don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. Whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. 
and she will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. Um, so that's just kind of, that's our second reference to her. Um, and then, so yeah, I'm going to continue. Um, and then we go to Proverbs 8, 1 through 31. Would anyone like to volunteer to read that one? I can read it. So 1 through 31? Yep. Uh, I'm reading from the New International Version. Um, Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate, leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. My mouth speaks what is true, for my lips detest wickedness. All the words of my mouth are just. None of them is crooked or perverse. Take this gum out of my mouth, sorry. (laughs) Um, To the discerning, all of them are right. They are upright to those who have found knowledge. Choose my instruction instead of silver. Knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. By me, kings reign and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern and nobles, um, all who rule on earth. I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. With me are riches and honor, enduring wealth and prosperity. My fruit is better than fine gold. What I yield surpasses choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness along paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and making their treasuries full. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. Before his deeds of old, I was formed long ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there were no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundary so the waters would not overstep his command, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my way. Or keep my ways. Oh, sorry, that was longer than 31. (laughs) Okay. Um... Do any of those, um, what, what, do, what, do you, what is she talking about there? What are we, what are we reading there? Uh, wisdom was really the first thing that was created. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I read that as kind of 
she's not just saying she's not she's saying that for a reason. Like she's almost like giving her credentials. She's saying why you should listen to her. Yeah, and I again I think of uh, in Job thirty eight when God answers Job out of the whirlwind. He talks about where were you when I placed uh, my foundation on the earth, and talks about that whole section is on wisdom because he's always he's asking Job, um, you know, again and again. Who is this who answers me without understanding? Do you have knowledge? Um, and wisdom is just throughout that whole entire chapter when he's talking about the, the beginning of the universe. <clears throat> I, th- my, my, I, I thought of, um, when I, I was very, like the, the first of creation really caught my eye, or my ear. And I was thinking of Jesus, um, you know, how, like, Jesus is compared to wisdom in John. Like, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And somewhat, my mind was just kind of doing this ping-pong in the Bible. And you know, I know it, like, I think it's in Colossians, maybe. It talks about how Jesus was the first of creation as well. And so kind of, like, linking Jesus to wisdom, I just thought that that was, like, I was just kind of like, I wonder if, you know, when Paul was writing what he was writing about, or when John was writing about what he was writing about, if he was thinking of this passage as well, or this concept of, like, before the world was created, wisdom was, right, in the Trinity. And so I was just thinking about that, and how that was, that's kind of cool. That's a really cool way to think about it, yeah. And that's not related to Lady Wisdom, I guess, but that, that was just where my mind went. Well, another translation in my little notes, it says, the Lord created me as the beginning of his way. And just that concept of like it's the beginning of. It's not it's not it's not done, it's just the beginning. Sure. Right. The first of his acts. Right, right. Um okay, and then the last um uh, well, not the last one. The next verse we're talking about um, is Proverb, pretty much all of Proverbs 9. Um, Isaac, would you like to read that for us? Mm-hmm. I'll be reading from the NRSV. <clears throat> or sorry. Yeah, NRSV. Wisdom has built her house. She has her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her animals. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her servant girls. She calls from the highest places in the town. You that are simple, turn in here. To those without sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Lay aside immaturity and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer wins abuse. Whoever rebukes the wicked gets hurt. A scoffer who is rebuked will only hate you. The wise, when rebuked, will love you. Give instruction to the wise, and they will become wiser still. Teach the righteous, and they will gain in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your ways will be multiplied, and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wiser for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. The foolish woman is loud. She is ignorant and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house, on a seat at the high places of the town, calling to those who pass by, who are, going, who are going straight on their way, you who are simple, turn in here. And to those without sense, she says, stolen water is sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. 
but they do not know that the dead are there, that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Okay, so in that one, um, first off, your version said uh, the foolish woman. Um, mine is the NLT, and it says a woman named Folly, and Folly is capitalized. Hmm. So it's kind of like comparing Lady Wisdom to a woman named Folly, um, which I think is really... is the same, and it capitalizes Folly. Yeah. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. yes. Um, so one thing that really uh, stood out to me here um, is verses 7 through 9. Um, Anyone who rebukes a mocker will get an insult in return, and anyone who corrects the wicked will get hurt. So don't bother correcting mockers, they will only hate you. But correct the wise, and they will love you. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. And I feel like that's so uh, valid for today, uh, in today's world. Um, there's, there's, just some it's, there's just some people that aren't going to listen to you or they'll listen to you and they'll mock you like you you have to kind of pick your battles um so part of wisdom is knowing when to pick your battles when to um when to push and when to kind of concede a bit um and so this is comparing lady wisdom to lady folly and they're both kind of doing the same thing they're both inviting you in um but if you notice the lady wisdom, she's prepared her house. She's um, she carved her house herself. It says she's prepared a great banquet. Um, she has servants come to invite everyone to come out. Um, so she sends out invites. She has she has people go out into the city to bring back people. Where Lady Folly um, is really just trying to get whoever walks by, um, trying to. Uh, at like ease of convenience to get people to come in as they're as they're going on their journey, which I think is really interesting. Like you have to plan to be wise. You can't just. It's not a convenient thing. You have to think about it. You have to uh, really prepare for it. Prepare your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. it, in some ways. <coughs> It shines a little different light on the parable that Jesus told about the the bridesmaids or the virgins, I forget how it's called, where you have some that have the oil and some that don't have the oil. It's that that wisdom versus folly, that kind of comparison, and and that how that would have been heard with this in mind. Those are really similar. I didn't yeah. I didn't think of that. That would have been. It's pretty. It's really similar. And it, I, I'm glad you brought up Lady Wisdom because my wife and I have been <laughs> talking about this a lot in terms of Proverbs 31. And when Dio was talking about it, about the <clears throat> how that we have always read that in sense of a natural lady, like a natural woman, but now all of a sudden there's so much of Proverbs that's about the personification of Lady Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so, why do we do that? Like, why do we see Robert 31 as an actual female, you know, an actual person who does all this as opposed to wisdom? And it doesn't read exactly the same, but, like, in this chapter, it specifically talks about what, what wisdom does, and wisdom, like, is a personified of wisdom does something. And so, like, just... Like it's almost the same person? Yeah. 
Well, I think Dia brought up the point too, Proverbs 31, as these sort of ideal women, right? And I think in Proverbs, these are like maxims where these are principles. You can never fully live up to them, but... And and the part of wisdom is you always try to figure out how to synthesize, you know, knowledge, theoretical knowledge with with real life, real world situations. Uh, Because I think the ideal, the the temptation is to spew out these generalities and make sure everyone is is sticking to them, like on the dot, right? But I, I think Dia hit the nail on the head when she mentioned it's, you know, it's the ideal, but we're always striving. We We may never hit it, though. In other words, I have a question for you. you. You know, you talk about, I think, when like verse 7 through 9. So, like, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. You talked about how, like, you found that part to be kind of true for today. It's like, where do you see that as true today? Um, without, without picking like a side, but sure. I see it a lot in politics. It's, it's people are going to hear what they want to hear. And uh, like me and my dad disagree on politics and nothing I say is going to change his mind. It's going to invite, he's going to, it's just going to invite him to try and clap back at me, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so it, and vice versa, honestly. So it's, there's just certain things you can try to tell people that they're just not gonna, they're not gonna get you. Or, or even like, uh, in my job, I, you know, I'm with teenagers all day. <laughs> Teen- <Totally>. Teenagers <laughs> need advice, and they're, they're they'll ask me for advice, but but they're not gonna take it. Or, um, you know, stuff like that. It's it's that young versus old. Like, oh, they're old. They don't know what right. they're talking about. Um, but if you, yeah. if some of them can be, you have to, they have to be open-minded to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Um, if you just go up to a group of teenagers that's doing something they shouldn't, um, and start scolding them, they're, they're just going to go in the next room and laugh at you. Like, you know, you have to, you have to be a little more gentle than that, you know? Yeah, I love that. It's, you know, the idea of like recognizing, okay, is this person or like, is is the vessel open or closed right here to learning or to talking or to discourse? And it's like having the patience to be able to kind of like look and see and wait to find out. How do you have patience in that setting, like with kids? Um, like, it's hard. <laughs> I, it's not that I stop caring. <laughs> it's that I just accept that that's, that's how they are and... If they uh, don't listen to me, it's someone else's problem. <laughs> like they'll they'll figure it out. I have a very like like they'll figure it out eventually. They'll you know just it's just kind of go with the flow. If, if they ask for my advice, I love giving it. But it, otherwise, I kind of I might suggest some you know the course of action. But um, which scoffer to answer sure. that day? What? It's like which scoffer to answer that day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really. But I've seen, I've seen that they, I'm, I'm an art teacher, so they, they don't see me as this, like, there's mean teachers, you know, and they're usually <laughs> math or science teachers, and, <laughs> at least to them, and uh, so they'll come in and they'll complain about these other teachers to me, mm-hmm. and 
I can see as an adult that that teacher is just trying to help them. Totally. But they come and complain about them to me because the teacher maybe jumped on them too hard or just pushed a little too hard, and you really have to know mm-hmm. your balance. And you have to, like, read that person. And I think with, like, yeah, you do. Proverbs is so key in that instance where you have to read that that child situation, and you can't teach every kid the same, what, mm-hmm. right? You really have to, like, think about what their perspective <clears throat> is and where they're coming from with right. their opinion, yeah. which is something I think a lot of people struggle with today. This may be a stretch, but I'm curious, as an art teacher, as you look at art, which has a very, I get these words mixed up, but I think it's subjective, mm-hmm. right? whereas in wisdom can feel like right or wrong, or mm-hmm. even it may, like you're teaching right or wrong, and all of a sudden you're in art where there is not necessarily always a right or wrong. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, good. So, like, like, so kind of talk about that. Like, what does wisdom look like in something that does have such a subjective concept? Like, how? Because like, someone who is about to hit their finger on on on, on with a hammer, like you can correct that. Mm-hmm. But if someone who's about to make a mistake that to another person is not a mistake, how do you work with that? Um, I will usually give them examples. Um. Because a lot of times they just don't, so like, for example, like when I'm grading, um, I have a rubric that they turn in every single time, and that rubric is almost entirely effort-based. If they even tried, (laughs) they can pass, they can get an A. Um, But a lot of them don't try, and it's, you'd be shocked at how many kids fail art because they don't try. But there, I have other kids that tried so hard, they've asked for help, they've asked for advice. And every time I send them back to their desk with another uh, bit of advice on, you know, maybe do this a little differently, um, they'll try their hardest. <laughs> and it comes back and it almost looks worse than it did before. Um, but I think it's, it's just about the effort. It's about the mindset. Um, it's not about how good it looks. Um, it, it really is entirely about the mindset. And I think wisdom is... Kind of the same way. I think if your mind is in the right place, I think you'll start heading towards the right place. Um, Especially if you're looking at other examples, like the Old Testament. We're about to get into some examples, too. The Old Testament gives us plenty of examples of wise women. Um, Or you can look at your family for wise women or men. And um, it's just about... It's not about comparing yourself to others, but using their attributes in your own life. I think that's kind of interesting to say, like, you don't necessarily not teach someone because they're a fool, you know, you can teach everyone, no matter what, but when they do rebuke you, you kind of just let it, like, roll off and let them, if they want to have a fit, let them have a fit. Those who are not fools, they'll, you know, become wiser and at least put in the effort to better themselves. Right. Yeah. Because if the, like if my students listen to what I'm saying, it, they'll get there more or less. It's not not all of them are going to be masterpieces, but they're they'll accomplish the goal. So it's the same same idea. So um, going back to the the handout, um, I've kind of. 
through my research have, have found that Lady Wisdom is kind of compared to three different, she's put in three different categories. Um, the homemaker is probably the most obvious to me, especially, oh, where was it, at the beginning of, was it nine? Yeah, uh, of Proverbs 9. Um, she built her house. Um, mine says she even carved its seven columns herself. Like she, she has built her house. She's prepared everything. And that's definitely a homemaker <clears throat> mentality. Um, so some Old Testament examples of like famous homemakers. homemakers um, think like Rebecca um, or Naomi are two famous homemakers. And they, they were wise in their stories. Um, you can also compare this to Esther, um, whose concern was with the whole house of Israel, her whole, her people. Um, I think Esther really embodies probably all three of these. Um, in fact, the drawing is actually of Esther, not <laughs> Lady Wisdom, but, um, so you have the homemaker, you have the counselor, um, one it's a verse that I came, verses, one section of verses that I came across was 1 Samuel 25, um, which uh, is kind of when David is, is very angry um, and he's about to go kill someone. Oh, I'm sorry. 25.12. So David's young men returned and told him what Nabal said. And, and David gets mad. He says, go get your swords. Um, he, was strapped, he was strapped with his own. Then 400 men started off with David, and 200 re remained to guard their equipment. Meanwhile, one of Nabal's servants went to Abigail and told her, David sent messengers from the wilderness to greet our master, but he screamed insults at them. These men have been very good to us, and we have never suffered any harm from them. Nothing was stolen from us the whole time they were with us. Um, so they've really done nothing wrong. It's just that one person who was rude, um, and it, it angered David, essentially. Um, you need to know this and figure out what to do, for there is going to be trouble for our master and his whole family. He's so ill-tempered that no one can even talk to him. Um, Abigail wasted no time. She quickly gathered 200 loaves of bread, two wineskins wine full of wine, five sheep that had been slaughtered, nearly a bushel of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, 200 fig cakes. She packed them on donkeys and said to her servants, go on ahead, I will follow you shortly. Um, but she didn't tell her husband, Nabal, what she was doing. As she was riding her, her donkey into a mountain ravine, she saw David and his men coming toward her. David had just been saying, a lot of good it did to help this fellow. We protected his flocks in the wilderness and nothing he owned was lost or stolen. But he has repaid me evil for good. May God strike me and kill me if even one man in his household is still alive tomorrow morning. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed low before him. She fell at his feet and said, I accept all blame in this matter, my lord. Please listen to what I have to say. I know Nabal is a wicked and ill-tempered man. Please don't pay attention to him. He is a fool, just as his name suggests. But I never even saw the young men you sent. Now, my lord, as surely as the lord lives and you yourself live, since the Lord has kept you from murdering and taking vengeance into your own hands, let all your enemies and those who try to harm you be as cursed as Nabal is. And here is a present that I, your servant, have brought to you and your young men. 
Please forgive me if I have offended you in any way. The Lord will surely reward you with a lasting dynasty, for you are fighting the Lord's battles, and you have not done wrong throughout your entire life. Even when you are chased by those who seek to kill you, your life is safe in the care of the Lord, your God, secure in his treasure pouch. But if he lives, a, but the lives of your enemies will disappear like stones shot from a sling. When the Lord has done all he promised and has made you leader of Israel, don't let this be a blemish on your record. Then your conscience won't have to bear the staggering burden of needless bloodshed and vengeance. And when, and, and when the Lord has done these great things for you, please remember me, your servant. David replies, Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who has sent you to me today. Thank you, God, for your good sense. Bless you for keeping me from murder and from carrying out vengeance for, with my own hands. For I swear by the, by the Lord, the God of Israel, who has kept me from hurting you, that if you had not hurried out to meet me, not one of Nabal's men would have been alive tomorrow morning. Um, so basically, I, th I think it's very brave of her to, to go up to the person that's coming to kill her entire family, her tribe. Um, and she even starts out by, she doesn't immediately go into, um, what are you doing, this is crazy. Or, you know, you're murdering an entire, like, probably hundreds of men for an insult. Um, she goes into, she sees, she kind of states how she, she, she thinks he might see it. Um, like, yes, he's wronged you. It's, you know, it's unacceptable. But, and she um, coerces him out of it um, very skillfully. Um, and then at the very end says, please remember me. Like, that's just, as like an afterthought. And I think that's really... Uh, interesting, you know, that I've, I've not heard that story. I, I found this story this week, actually, but um, I just think that's a really good example of a counselor. She kind of nails every single section, you know, she understands his perspective, she tells him what she thinks he should do, gives him a present, you know, like, and really calms him down. Um, so that's the counselor. She's compared to a counselor. We talked about homemaker. And then uh, she is also compared to a lover. Uh, more specifically, like a, like a wife. Um, God's wisdom in Proverbs is poetically portrayed as a woman who loves, who loves and is beloved um, by any who will receive her offer. Um, the love language of Proverbs 8 includes ideas of faithfulness and truth and righteousness and justice um, that are all relating, they're all themes that relate to the marriage covenant as well. Um, let's see. Any thoughts, questions, concerns? I think it's kind of interesting that, you know, we can compare Lady Wisdom to Lover, but in Proverbs, I think it was either eight or nine, you know, it talks about how Ladyism was there since the beginning, and it's almost part of the Trinity. You know, we can pretty much compare it to the Bride of Christ or the Church itself, too. Yes, I was I was getting to that. Yes, that's good. Um, the relationship of God's wisdom to humans is kind of rooted in the idea of a covenant between love, uh, love between a woman and a man, um, like the love of the Song of Solomon. Um, the love of wisdom is a dynamic kind of vital, creative, divine force, um, which unites a man and woman in an 
in an exclusive and lasting relationship. So an understanding of the proper relationship between a human person <coughs> and divine wisdom has to draw upon personal experiences of human love, um, as well as our experience of God's love. Um, and then there was, let's see, sexual fidelity is a metaphor for covenant faithfulness, um, which is found in Proverbs 5, 15 through 20. Um, adultery kind of symbolizes a violation of the covenant um, and infidelity towards Yahweh. Um, and faithfulness to the covenant relationship between Israel and Yahweh is expressed in Proverbs um, through the condemnation of adultery. Um, so it's kind of, it's relating our relationship with wisdom and with God, like kind of together, um, as, like you said, like as God in the church or a bride, bridegroom. What's fascinating too about Proverbs and Lady Wisdom is that there's no mention of the law in the entire book of Proverbs, as far as I remember. There's nothing in there that points towards, or points back towards the, um, Mosaic Law, like the first five books of the Bible. But but I don't think we would... I think we would agree that most of these Proverbs are indicative of the Law. Like they're implicitly trying to live out the Law or the Covenant, like you mentioned earlier. But there's no mention of the Covenant in the stipulations there. It's just... But these would all go back and relate to that, right? So that, mm. I think that's interesting as well. And you gave real examples of women in the Old Testament that lived that out, that embodied that. Yeah. Right. Also, it's interesting that, like, the law is derived from wisdom itself. Mm. So it's like the wisdom precedes the law, yeah. and the law is, like, kind of comes out of wisdom. Um, but I love right. this example in First Samuel of, of, like, the council. Such a... Yeah. So, so you talk about, you know, you, you like, when you see the story with Abigail and, you know, she hits a lot of markers of, like, what providing counsel looks like, you know, mm -hmm. and you talk about how, like, understanding someone's perspective, even in their moment of, like, anger can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just, like, what is, like, when someone understands your perspective, like, how is that helpful for you? Um... To me, it's it's just the knowing that they are at least trying to understand. It's not this blatant, like, uh, you're wrong, I'm right. And it shows me that they're willing to talk about it and, and that uh, it just helps. And honestly, it helps me calm down. It helps, I think, it, if I'm the angry one or... If I'm coming to someone else, mm -hmm. it helps me to kind of see where they're coming from and work from that angle to try and convince them of my argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I totally agree. I, I was just curious what you're like. Am I, when someone tries to understand where I'm coming from, it's almost disarming in a way that, you know, it's, you know, they, they care enough to like understand why I'm mad and angry mm -hmm. and to have that anger validated it's just it, it feels so good right it's like we think that if we validate someone else's anger 
that we then like condone the decision they make next, which is not necessarily true, right? Like you can validate someone's anger, which then can it, like it can push them into making a different decision or making a better decision, right? So I think that's really cool. That was a good that was a, a good thing for you to catch in this story. That's pretty much all I have today. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks again for, for doing this, Holly. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking. So. Would you mind leading us, closing us out in prayer? Sure. Um, dear God, thank you for this day and allowing us to be here in your presence together. Um, Thank you for this week of Thanksgiving and allowing us to be with family. Um, please let it, uh, help us to continue in your wisdom this week um, and to get back into the kind of work, work of things. Um, amen. Amen.